In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Rogate is from the book of Numbers, the 21st chapter. Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the letter of St. James, the first chapter. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, 
But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Jesus Christ, my sure defense, and my Savior now is living. Knowing this, my confidence rests upon the hope here given. Though the 
light of death be fraught, still with many an anxious thought. Jesus, my Redeemer, lives. Likewise I to life shall waken. He will bring me where he is. Shall my courage then be shaken? Shall I fear, or could the head rise and leave its members dead? No, too closely I am bound by my hope to Christ forever. Faith strong, and the rock has found, grasped it, and will leave it never. Even death now cannot part from the Lord, the trusting heart. I am flesh and must return to the dust whence I am taken. But by faith I now discern that from death I shall awaken. With my Saviour to abide in his glory at his side. Glorified I shall anew with this flesh then be enshrouded. In this body I shall view God, my Lord, with eyes unclouded. In this flesh I then shall see Jesus Christ eternally. Then take comfort and rejoice, for his members Christ will cherish. Fear not, they will hear his voice, dying they will never perish. For the very grave is stirred when the trumpet's blast is heard. Laugh to scorn the gloomy grave and at death no longer tremble. He, the Lord who came to save, will at last his own assemble. They will go their Lord to meet, treading death beneath their feet. 
Oh, then draw away your hearts from all pleasures base and hollow. Strive to share what he imparts while you hear his footsteps follow. As you now still wait to rise, fix your hearts beyond the skies. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father, and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world, and go to the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia, Christ is risen. It is often said that prayer is holy conversation. While perhaps pithy and while maybe overused, and certainly while not the only explanation of prayer, this statement is nevertheless true and useful. There is something to unpack about that holy conversation. You have to know first that conversation is with another, not to another. If you talk at another, you are not conversing. Conversing is mutual, and it is not only speaking. It is just as much listening as it is speaking. And therefore, it requires a partner. Jesus says, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you. Why should he? What is the need of the middleman, the intercessor, the mediator, the go-between, the messenger, when you have the privilege of entering into conversation with God yourself? You could not before but now you can. What changes? Jesus makes things right. He puts things back into their proper order. He restores you as sons and daughters of God, and you are now able to converse with your God in the manner dear children converse with their dear Father. Prayer is with God, not to him. This means, therefore, that part of prayer is trusting in and listening to God. This also means that prayer is a work, a beautiful work, and a work that only faith can work, but a work nonetheless. Nevertheless, the work must still be worked. 
St. James urges, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Talking about the conversation is not the same as the conversation itself. Knowing about prayer is not the same as praying. If the Father's ear is now opened to you, it is not enough to know about it as a fact, as a point of trivia. You must do. But in doing, you must also abandon the vanity that expects prayer to be easy, obvious, or natural, or that thinks you have already learned all you need to learn. Prayer is work, which means prayer requires discipline. Discipline both to speak your part of the conversation and to listen when it is God's turn to speak. This listening does not come naturally. You must learn to listen. You must learn to let prayer be open communication between you and God. For the truth of the matter is that God is speaking to you in the present tense. This lesson learned, that prayer is holy conversation, is always being undone by sin. Thus it must be repeated perpetually. You must learn to be honest and to trust that God really does love you in Christ. You must learn to wait in trustful obedience based upon God's promises and not upon your own wants. The part so easily missed about this work of holy conversation is that it has power. Of course, you believe that prayer is powerful. You believe what St. James says of prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You do not need to be convinced of the power of prayer, though you often need to be reminded to use it. However, the question remains, what is the power of prayer? Or perhaps said better, what is it that makes a prayer powerful, effective? What is the power in prayer? The answer to that question is from outside yourself. It is not you that makes prayer powerful. It is not you that makes your prayer effective. It is not your faith or your vocabulary that increases or decreases a prayer's efficiency. It is not the commitment of your desire that brings about God's answer. The power in prayer is not a thing at all, in fact. It is a person. It is the Holy Spirit. He is called in the New Testament the dynamis, the power. In Jesus' words last week, he promised 
that his going away is to your advantage because he sends the Spirit. Today you begin to see just how much to your advantage this Spirit really is. The Holy Spirit works in prayer so that the holy conversation is true communication, which is more than chit-chat or an exchanging of ideas. Communication is your conscious relating to one another. In conversation, you communicate not only ideas but yourself, your reality, your personality, your thoughts, your emotions, your being, yourself. Consider how bland conversation would be if it was only words and ideas passed back and forth and nothing else. No morning coffee at McDonald's would be worth it for that. No dinner with old friends, no Sunday brunch with family would ever be worth the time. Conversation is communication, and communication is the conscious relating of individuals to one another. Now consider how the Holy Spirit then works in prayer to transform it into something beautiful, wonderful, transcendent. When you pray, and that is a when, not an if, and that when should be often, both individually and corporately. But when you pray, you are not simply asking God to give you this or that. You are conversing. You are communicating. You are speaking and listening, giving yourself and receiving the self of another. It is the work of the Spirit to enable and to facilitate this communication. The Spirit brings about the change in relationship between you and God that Jesus wins. Jesus ascends to claim the right, and the Father rejoices in his claim, granting him with all good pleasure the open ear, the spoken and effective word, the perfect working and presence of God. It is the Spirit who takes these spoils and delivers them from Jesus to you. And prayer thus becomes the most fundamental work of the Christian in using and clinging to and living by these spoils that Christ has won. Prayer is the beginning of being a doer of the word. The power in prayer is the Spirit who brings Jesus to you through whom the Father also comes to you. God communicates himself to you in prayer. The reality of the holy conversation is that, like any ordinary conversation, you cannot engage it then with someone you cannot speak to. The foreigner whose language you do not speak is a poor conversation partner. The sinner is a foreigner to God. But like on Pentecost, the day which truly showcases the Spirit's work, 
the Spirit becomes the great restoration. In Jesus and by his Spirit, you are no longer a foreigner to God, but one familiar. Likewise, God is not far off from you, but now close beside you. Wonderful though that may be, and mark you, it is wonderful, God is not content merely to be beside you. For the lover always wishes to be as close as possible to the beloved. God wants to be as close as possible to you, and near or beside is not close enough. When he is near or beside, he is close, but he is still somebody outside of you. He remains external. Yet by the Spirit, God is within you, inside you, in that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is what enables the holy conversation of prayer in the first place. God with us, Emmanuel, in his Spirit, tabernacling within the flesh of man and making holy temples so that he might live and converse with you intimately. This is the power in prayer. Not that you ask of a genie in the sky who grants your requests, but that you are drawn into God and God into you in holy conversation. And in conversation, communication, one to the other, the other to the one. In and by and through the Holy Spirit in prayer, you know Jesus himself personally by communicating, by conversing in holy conversation. You go deeper than knowing about him, for you know the person himself. The power of prayer is the power to be a Christian, the one who knows and is known by Jesus and in whom Jesus dwells. The power of prayer is the relationship, the power to become children of God. Within the relationship, you ask the Father in Jesus, through the Spirit, in total submission to his will, now revealed, and he gives you all that you ask, because you ask him as a dear child according to his good and gracious will. The power in that prayer is the Holy Spirit, whom Christ sends to make that conversation holy, to make that communication life-changing, and to make that God, Jesus Christ, indwelling. In other words, the Holy Spirit by prayer delivers God to you, no longer foreign, no longer restricted, but as close to you as your own skin, lovely as heaven, and striving to give all to you in love. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God and our Lord Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. For the people of God who now participate in the victory of Christ, 
for a holy fear and awe at the resurrection of Christ, for all fears of death and hell to be dispelled in the triumphant Lamb of heaven, and for loud shouts of praise to our God and Father for his good and gracious will, let us pray to the Lord. For Christ's holy bride, the Church, born of water and of blood from his riven side, the new and beautiful Eve from the new and greater Adam, for a unity within the body knit together by the love and working of Christ, for all bishops and pastors, and for their faithfulness in proclaiming the death and resurrection of Christ according to apostolic tradition and mandate, and for the confession of all Christians to be steadfast and bold even unto death. Let us pray to the Lord. For Joseph, our president, Michael, our governor, and all who serve this nation by making and upholding law and good order, for wisdom and integrity to those in power, for kindness and compassion among the peoples, and for concord among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. For an abundance of the beautiful, the good, the admirable, the true, the noble, and the excellent, for true and selfless love toward the neighbor, and for the defense and preservation of all life, let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian marriages, that husbands and wives would love one another unto the end. For all Christian youth, especially those who have graduated and prepared to begin higher education, that they would ever remain steadfast and faithful to that trustworthy message they have been taught, and rather suffer death than give it up. And for all mothers, in flesh and in will, in vocation and in desire, that they would love what God has given them as precious gift, and trust in his good and gracious will and unbroken promises with fervent faith. Let us pray to the Lord. For the touch of the great physician in glorious risen flesh, that he would preserve and heal according to his good pleasure and the humble prayers of his people. For all in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity of body or soul, especially David, Shirley, Shannon, Michael, Tanya, Larry, Erlene, and Russ. For peace to those near death, for all who mourn, especially the family of Anakin, and for all who now slumber the sleep of death, with thanksgiving for new life and for bodily preservation in the hope of our Lord's resurrection and our own resurrection of the body, let us pray to the Lord. O Christ, our true Passover Lamb, who has taken away the sin of the world by your death, and who by your resurrection has trampled death into the dust of hell's broken doors, permit that on this day we would join you in the cries of holy alleluias that transcend all time and space, as your holy Church throughout all ages celebrates the life won by you, the firstborn from the dead. As your holy people gather even now around your altar, give us that true bread from heaven, that being fed with your glorious flesh and blood, 
we may take into ourselves the glory of your resurrection and be transformed into your image to serve, to praise, and to enjoy you forever in the eternal kingdom. Hear our prayers, even as you do now live, O slain and risen Lord, with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> 